Hello, and welcome to The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is always homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and welcome to the first episode, everyone. I am buzzing with excitement. I am so happy to be with you today. Uh, As you listen to this, I want to first say uh, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. We made it. I hope that anyone who is listening had a a very fruitful and, you know, relaxing holiday with, I guess, I should say, like, without family and friends, which is a weird sentence to say. But uh, my boyfriend Keon and I had a virtual Christmas, which was both effective and, you know, a little bit of a bummer at the same time. But, you know, onward and upward. Uh, so here we are. The very first episode, we are here to celebrate... Not just the Barefoot Contessa, but the Queen herself, Ina Garden. Uh, but before we jump into the main event, I want to tell you a little bit more about myself. Um, I am a born and bred, proud Pittsburgh native. I am, well, I'm 34 now, but I will be turning 35 the first week of February. I am an Aquarius for all those who are interested. Uh, I have a wonderful, handsome, and supportive partner named Keon, who actually designed the logo for this podcast. He is a very gifted graphic designer. So in addition to that, as far as like when people say, what do you do? uh, Technically, like by trade, I'm an account manager by day. But I've also worn many other, I guess, like creative hats in my life that sort of sustain me and uh, curb my creative appetite. I I studied classical voice in college, so I'm definitely a musical theater nerd, a band geek. I played clarinet in middle school and high school because, <laughs> of course, I did. I feel like if you are male and you played clarinet in middle school and high school, you're probably gay now and hopefully listening to this podcast. So welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am an account manager by day. It's like, I I have, it's sort of like the mantra of like, I work to live. I don't live to work. Am I right, ladies? Um, so I do dabble in musical theater. I, just before the pandemic started, I actually started to, and this is like, I will say lightly dabble in stand-up comedy. Um, and of course I am a podcaster, uh, as you can tell, but more on that in a bit. For those of you who might not be as familiar with me, uh, this is actually my fourth podcast that I have created. Uh, Two are currently on a permanent to semi-permanent hiatus, but I also actually have a weekly podcast currently with my good pal Colin Drucker called The Best Supporting Podcast, where we basically like queen out on like the work of our favorite best supporting actresses and really just women women in film, television, and beyond. Uh, so go check that out, obviously. Um, I am I will always sort of be promoting that on the side in addition to the good vanilla. But um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I, I, you're all caught up. I mean, that's... Uh, as we go through these episodes, I'm sure, obviously, I will... I tend to be an oversharer. It's like a, a blessing and a curse, I guess, at this point. But um, you'll learn more about my life and, you know, the inner workings of what happens behind the scenes of the good vanilla. But I want to get down to, to to brass tacks here. It's it's uh, the reason why we're here, the reason for the season, the Barefoot Contessa. And, you know, I guess a lot of people that um, know that I have done so many podcasts at this point, too, it's, you know, they're questioning 
why are you doing a fourth one? Why now? Why Ina? Um, but to answer that question, I, 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 okay, first of all, I am fully aware of how ridiculous this sounds, but I feel like talking about the Barefoot Contessa is what I was put on earth to do. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, um, but I, I feel like for many reasons I'm going to go into in just a moment too, but this show means so much to me and and resonates so deep within my loins, <laughs> not my loins, that was gross, sorry, uh, my soul will say, I guess I could have made some sort of uh, pork loin joke there, but uh, the moment's gone. Anyway, um, but anyone who does know me well enough knows that I have worshipped at the altar of the Barefoot Contessa, Ina Garten herself, for many years. Um, it's it's sort of, the show itself is in ways like my happy place, I guess. I'm going to talk about the show specifically in a bit, but um, I feel like I'm writing a book report in like sixth grade. It's like, what does Ina Garten mean to you? Which is like the question I've been waiting for all my life. Um, but I think in order to answer that question, it's equally a matter of how much I love food and the food network in general, too. I've always loved cooking shows, and I feel like I'm very interested to know people who don't love cooking shows, but I guess not everyone does. But I have been a fan of the food network for for ages really i mean this uh, the first barefoot contessa episode premiered on uh i have it written down here november 30th 2002 which is that's crazy that it i actually i guess that's about when i was a sophomore in high school so it's nuts that like i've been watching this show for like 18 years and i don't know if i really caught on at like the beginning but i remember definitely starting to watch it and really like seriously like tune in every I feel like uh, it was such a great lineup it was like I would come home from school and then I have like I don't know a snack and I would sit down at four o'clock and watch it was like the barefoot contessa and then it was like pioneer woman and then maybe after that was like those might have been the days of Paula Deen I can't really remember and maybe uh what was it down home with the Neelys Ugh. Whatever happened to the Neelys, I need to know. They were great. Um, but it really is sort of, um, I mean, in addition to that, I guess, too, to, to sort of branch off of that, like, my dad was obsessed with Emerald Lagasse. Like, it would be on every night at 8 o'clock. My brother would sit down uh, with us. It was just like the three of us, the three of us men watching Emerald Lagasse, and my mom was just like, I don't know, reading a romance novel in her room or something. Um, but so much of like my pop culture, I don't know, like, I guess my my media diet really is based on food and like the food network. I feel like that that what was that one quote from 30 Rock, where um, Jack Donaghy is talking to Liz, and he's like, Lemon, do you do you even watch the news? And she's like, Food Network doesn't have a news program. <laughs> and I like so relate to that on like a molecular level. But to kind of even go even further than that, it's like, what what is it about Ina Garten and, and the show that makes it special and why the show works so well? And is this like huge, like empire almost? It's 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 a like everyone knows the Barefoot Contessa. And if you don't, you probably have a good idea. Like if someone shows you a picture or or something that they it would jog their memory, I guess. But I think for me, there are a couple of 
ingredients using food puns there. I, I won't do that again, I promise. I'm like, sorry, that was bad. But uh, that make this show like perfect. Uh, the first thing that like comes to mind is that I know was not on board with hosting a cooking show, at least at first. I feel like it did take some convincing. And in addition to like the light research I did, you know, and, and by the way, like, I, I love Ina Garten, and I actually know more about her than I probably should, but there's going to be holes in my knowledge, okay? So if I get something wrong, don't tweet me. Just uh, keep it to yourselves, unless it's something really catastrophic. I, I mean, I've been on the other side of this when I'm listening to podcasts, and they, like, really get something wrong, and you're just like, oh, I wish someone would, like, tell them. And sometimes they have a producer that kind of just, like, chimes in and says, like, what the real fact is, but I don't have a producer. It's just me and a bottle of good vanilla, so (laughs) there's that. But anyway, um, I would say that the only reason I know that, you know, she did not want to do it um, was that I actually saw Ina Garten twice live in Pittsburgh. Yes, twice. Uh, The first time was amazing. She sold out the Benetton Center in Pittsburgh, which is roughly, I I looked this up too, it's just shy of 3,000 seats, and a lot of people, like, their first thing was, like, what did what did she do? Did she cook something? And I, honestly, I didn't really care what she did. I was I was ready to go, like, as soon as I knew tickets were on sale. Um, but she just kind of sat uh, down with a, a moderator. It was, like, a very cozy little setup. And she just kind of talked about her life and, you know, sort of pre the Barefoot Contessa, which was the specialty food store that she bought in East Hampton, like, kind of on a whim. She was just, um... I. She was working in the White House as a nuclear policy analyst. And then I I feel like, I mean, most of us, I can't, I don't know how old she was when she decided she was, you know, just kind of itching for something new. And she just bought the specialty food store in East Hampton. And I I don't know where they were technically living. I'm assuming it obviously wasn't East Hampton. So there was a little bit of, of uprooting that happened. And Jeffrey was just, of course, as Jeffrey always is, just supportive of her dreams and said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, both times that I've seen her, she tells this story. And the first time she told it, um, she says like she bought the store and then she like hung up the phone or like sent in the paperwork. And then she just like turns to the audience and she says, and then I was just like, shit. And it was so funny because like, you don't expect Ina to say that word, but it was like, first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Yes. And then the second time I saw it, I just like turned to Keon and I was like, she said this last time. So get some new material, Ina. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, the first time it really was magical. First of all, it was like I said, there were a lot of people. Um, they played her in the audience, too, before I get into like how she appeared. The audience was made of made up of like strictly gay men and moms, which is like the best room to be in, in all honesty. Um, but they played her theme song when she walked out and we all just like erupted. It was like Adele walked out or like Beyonce or something to, because to us that is, you know, at least the Food Network equivalent. I was so excited. They played the theme song. I like fainted into like, <laughs> like a bed of arugula. It was magic and she was everything I wanted her to be. She wore, um, the first time I think I saw her, she wore like black on black a very standard Ina Garten color palette. And she wore like Jesus sandals, but they were like high end. They were like the good Jesus sandals. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, the, the actual show. Sorry. 
Um, and how she started out too. And I, going back to like, they offered her the show and she was like, I don't know. And I think, in all honesty, I think that like the never being in front of a camera actually ended up being like a huge benefit for her. I think it plays a huge part of why viewers find her relatable and are drawn to her. I think I think it was Anthony Bourdain that said that she's like the, the closest thing that we're going to get to Julia Child like modern day like right now is is Ina Garten because and I've watched some I think it's available right now on oh, I, I know it's available actually because I watched a couple episodes on Amazon Prime it's um uh Julia Child and Jacques Pepin how do you say that P-E-P-I-N Pepin I'll say it like that um but there is a certain sort of clumsiness and like awkwardness to her as well too like Julia Child of course like I remember watching an episode of her one time and she literally couldn't fit all the ingredients in one pot and she's like well just leave it out it was it was great um and obviously Ina Garden like over the years I mean she was always polished from the beginning now too but like that is part of her the draw of like well I'll get into that in like a second too but um I I I guess it's still, she still feels very natural while still being occasionally awkward, if that makes sense. I mean, of course it does. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know. Um, but I, I think that one of my favorite parts of the Barefoot Contessa, the TV show, is watching Ina interact with like Jeffrey and her friends and guests, whether they're chefs or just, you know, people down the road. I just, I love to see how excited she gets. I love it when you know, she might have to take the reins as like with a guest who is naturally like maybe a little bit more reserved. Her nervous laugh sort of fills the gaps. You know what I mean? I, I live for that banter. It's almost like this amalgamation of like awkward confidence or maybe confident awkwardness, whatever you want to say. But like when she says something like Jeffrey's manning the grill outside, I hope that we don't have to call the fire department. Hmm. I just... It's beautiful. It's so, I just like, I have to laugh at it, but I'm not laughing at her. Like, I think that's, as I go through these episodes, I think that like, it's important to note that like, I worship this woman. I, I love everything about her and like what she's built for herself. And and that's no exception when it comes to like, I think that she also doesn't take herself too seriously as well. So I just want everyone to know that if I do like, take a jab at her it's 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 or just like laugh at the way that she delivers something it's it's I think she also knows if that makes sense and I also think another reason why I love the show and a lot of people can attest to this is like it's a very calm and relaxed environment it's not you know Iron Chef and it's not chopped it's just Ina alone in her kitchen her kitchen wearing like an oversized denim shirt with the collar flipped up stirring risotto I mean, come on, it's it's like it's like such an inviting and welcome welcoming environment. It really does feel like an escape when you watch it as well. And I think this kind of leads to maybe my last point. I don't know. I could go on forever here is that there is like a small part of us that wants to have the life that Ina Garden has. Like she has Jeffrey. She has her fabulous gay friends. I can't wait to talk about like the universe of the Barefoot Contessa and all the people that she normally interacts with. I'm, uh, I'm just so excited. Um, but she has this, she also has like, you know, this incredible East 
Hampton House and she is just it's like hashtag living her best life. And I think within there is like an element of wanting to achieve the level of Ina Garten. By watching the Barefoot Contessa, there's this invisible sort of nudge to splurge or maybe I guess maybe not splurge, but it's almost like her approach to cooking is if you're going to make something, it's she says, use the best ingredients that you can. And I, I, I think we can all agree that we do not, we will never achieve the like Olympic level pantry that Ina has. But I think there is something to be said for splurging on, you know, using the fresh lemon juice. It's like, don't even think about using that green bottle from the grocery store. I think she, <laughs> I know for a fact she definitely said that because I like spit out my coffee when she said that. It's great. It's like those little things. I, I live for it. But building upon that same mindset too is like my dad he always says you know you get what you pay for and yes I know not like not everyone could go out and buy a pound of saffron they're the stamens of crocuses Ina Garten taught me that um but I guess this is all sort of leading to you know this idea that I know this <laughs> I might look back at this first episode and be like what was I even saying but I think that the show in many ways inspires me to be better. It inspires me to be like a better partner and a better friend and like ultimately like a better cook and a better entertainer. And obviously that's, I feel like if I was sitting across from Ina Garden, that that's what, what she would want everyone to take away from her show. And I know it sounds like cheese, the good cheese, maybe the Roquefort, uh, <laughs> but I... I do honestly think that, like, the way that she loves Jeffrey and the way that she, you know, she makes some chicken every Friday. Like, come on, people. It's, it's, I think that, you know, their marriage, they've been married forever. And the way that um, they interact with each other is so cute. And the way that she is a good friend and the way that she surrounds herself with good people, uh, you know, whether it's like, surprising someone after a trip home by baking them like, I don't know what that episode was. Was it like lasagna or something? They were coming home from a trip. Like how how much a little gesture like that can really go a long way? I think it was TR and Michael. They decorated someone's house for Christmas. It's okay. I'll cover it sometime. It's going to be great. And also to just want to learn how to be a better cook. Uh, I think because I, I own four of her cookbooks. Maybe I own five of them. I can't remember. And I've I have not made like every single recipe. If you, oh, speaking of which too, if you definitely, I mean, if you have Instagram, which everyone does, I would suggest subscribing right now to, the handle is storebot is fine, uh, which is a great handle. So congrats to you. Uh, it's a, a gentleman by the name of Trent who is going through all of Ina Garden's cookbooks, sort of like Julie and Julia style. I almost said Julia styles. <laughs> um to and he posted on Instagram and it's a beautiful account and he works one of my one of my initial ideas I was going to say he works very hard I had to complete that sentence um one of my ideas for the podcast is like maybe every week when I cover an episode I will make one of the things that Ina Garden makes along with it just to kind of show you you know, like share how it went all that good stuff too but uh Storebot is fine, does it way better. Trent has me beat by uh, like a mile. So go support him, go follow him. I think there's a story as well. I would love to have him as a guest. I'm going to put that out into the universe right now so we can just queen out on Ina. But uh, I think he met her. The story in my mind was he was in France, which is crazy. 
and he bumped into her at a restaurant. This also, they might have not been in France. They might have been in New York or some other big city. And he saw them. I think he was with his partner. And he basically waited until she was done eating and then went over and introduced himself and told her about like his Instagram account and what he's doing and how much he loves her. And he said that she was a dream and they got a picture together and I have never been so jealous in my life. I That is, I mean, if it in fact was in Paris, I I don't think there's any better way to meet Ina Garten. <laughs> like you bumped into Ina in Paris eating out and then you got to get a picture with her and, uh, you know, uh, it's just beautiful. So go follow him and, and all the beautiful work he's doing. Um, where the heck was I? Wow. Um, let's let's bring this on home here. Um, well, before I do that, I guess, um, the way that I envision this podcast working is that every week I will watch an episode of The Barefoot Contessa and just kind of talk about it. It's kind of a recap podcast in a way, but... Um, it's just kind of sharing thoughts and commenting on the food and, you know, what is Ina wearing this week and who's on the show, which friend is coming over at the end. Um, that's kind of my general outline of how I'm going to structure all of this. And I am so looking forward to sharing all of this with you listeners out there. I think that we all love and appreciate Ina Garden. And I think, like, I'm surprised, honestly, I'm surprised no one else has done this yet. I know, like cooking recap shows aren't necessarily maybe they are who knows um but i look forward to if there's one thing i would say about starting a podcast that i do know is you never know where it's going to end up and you never know what lies ahead so i'm gonna i'm not gonna plan anything in ways i'm just gonna see what happens and it's almost just like when Ina bought that specialty food store <laughs> um but i wanted to at the end here, I'm wrapping up, but I want to share two stories. But uh, first is a quote, actually. And this is something that I came across when I was in college. Um, I came out to my parents when I was 19. Um, so it went, I mean, that's another. That's a story for another podcast. But everything's fine now. Everything is great. It just took them some time. But one of the things that I really leaned on, too, or kind of when I stumbled upon this quote was how how much I felt like seen, I guess, because much of my coming out was, you know, I'm not going to be able to have a family. I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, ever be happy the way I envisioned being happy. And of course, now looking on the other side of that too, I just wish I could go back and, you know, give past Nick a big hug and say, it's going to be okay. And you're going to get through it. And you have a lot of people who love you. But in the meantime, I guess, what really kind of got me through you know, some of those darker times when I really couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel was this quote by Ina. It's so beautiful. So I'm going to, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to read it as her. I'm just going to read it as a quote. So she says, we all know that families now aren't necessarily Ozzy and Harriet. Family has a traditional context, but today it's not as simple as two parents with two to three kids. It's about relationships. It's about people who are bound together by love and a sense of being responsible for each other. It's spouses with no children, like Jeffrey and me. It's a group of women who meet to cook together once a month. It's a one-parent family with adopted children. It's two men who've made a life together. At the end of the day, all we have is love. Getting love, but even more, feeling love. <sighs> Ina. What a beautiful sentiment and what a beautiful quote. I, 
I had that saved in my um I had the dig because I actually didn't know how to find it. Back in the day, I mean, Facebook has evolved so much, too. You used to have like Facebook quotes, like favorite quotes and favorite movies and favorite music that you listen to. And that was one of the quotes that I had on my Facebook profile. It's still there. Um, so I know I will keep it there because it's just beautiful. It, it just kind of sums up exactly the the insecurities and the uncertainty of what my future would look like. It kind of just was a calming voice in a world of chaos so I, I will always hold that closely to me and also on my Facebook quotes page. So the last thing I wanted to share with you all is sort of this serendipitous story, like signed from the universe, whatever you want to call it. About a month ago, I had some Christmas shopping to do and I was at Marshall's and it was actually a Marshall's that I never go to. But it was, I was, uh, what was I doing? I was coming home from the chiropractor because I'm old and my back hurts all the time. (laughs) But this is when I was really starting to think about, you know, creating the podcast, like seriously thinking about it. I had, I hadn't bounced the idea of anyone, of it to anyone. It was sort of just like living in my head. And I was wondering if I should like actually commit to it. Is it worth it? Oh my God, a fourth podcast, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I was perusing the kitchen section of Marshall's. They have like, you know, it's like Marshall's and TJ Maxx has that like home section in the back with like, you know, olive oils and pasta and kitchen gadgets and stuff. And I was just like looking for gifts. And there on the shelf were about, I would have to say six to eight bottles of Nielsen Massey vanilla. And I, I audibly gasped when I saw it, not just because of like, you know, the serendipitous moment of like the podcast and like, I should do it. It's a sign. But also because I didn't know that I didn't know that Marshall's sold it. So I I, like picked it up and I was like, oh my God, I like held it up and like a beacon of light was shining off of it. Um, But the best part about all of this too, was that it was Marshall's. So it was only $12.99. And typically, I, I don't know if it's a four ounce bottle or eight ounce bottle, but I think the one that I found, it typically goes for like 30 bucks, uh, which I knew because I've, I've priced it out before and I could never justify buying it. So I I mean, honestly, I had to stop myself from buying two of them. I managed to come back down to earth and I ended up buying one. But in some small way, it was like this, that invisible nudge that I was talking about earlier. It's like, <laughs> I feel like the good vanilla in that situation was like the sword of Gryffindor. Yes, that's a Harry Potter reference. If you don't get it, get out. Just kidding. You could stay. Uh, but it showed up and when I least expected it to, to be honest. And I, I in turn will show up for it every week and to celebrate the world of the Barefoot Contessa, Ina Garten, and of course, the good vanilla. So here we are at the end of our first episode. I hope you all have fun. I am so excited at the possibilities of this podcast and just kind of sitting down with you each week to hopefully hopefully bring you as much joy and calmness and um, inspiration in a way that this show has given me. So I also wanted to throw in that I have some social media up and running and I have an email address for the Good Vanilla podcast. Um, And I was able to get this handle on all three accounts. I have a Twitter and Instagram account and I also have a Gmail account. Guys, as if there was another reason that this this podcast should exist. When I was creating the handle, I was like, oh, I should just call it. Like everything always has like pod at the end of it. So I, I typed in 
to Twitter, I think, first. I was like, I wonder if, like, good vanilla pod is available. And then it, like, hit me that, like, vanillas come in pods, and it's, like, this double meaning, and it's so perfect. So the handle for Instagram, Twitter, and Gmail is good vanilla pod. So feel free to follow. Feel free to email me uh, goodvanillapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on Ina and beyond. I can't wait to meet all of you. I can't wait to talk to all of you and just create this sort of community of loving food and entertaining and doing it through the lens of the barefoot contessa herself, Ina Garden. So until next time, everyone, I will see you. Stay well. And Happy New Year.